Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What's up, church? How are we doing today? It is me again. Early morning voice sounds raspy, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Um, How is everyone doing today? Great. Love it. Fantastic. Good to hear. Glad all around. Um, Today's an interesting one. Shocker, as always going to be an interesting one. Have you ever been reading the Bible and then just something caught you differently? You know, you're like reading it and it's normal stuff, whatever. And if something catches you differently and you look at it and it's like, man, it makes you really think about something. So that happened to me this morning, obviously, because that's what we're talking about it. Um, As everyone knows, if you follow this, I've been not struggling, but you know what I mean? Like trying to find that passion, that fire. And I'm getting there. Don't be wrong. It's not like a, like I'm not, like, you know, I'm, I'm having some really great quiet time with the Lord at night. Um, having some really cold conversations. My thought processes are trying to change throughout the day. So there has been some really, really cool progress and moves forward in that. So I, I'm super happy about that. But today I started reading and I just started re- reading Colossians. Isn't it crazy how like some books are just better than others? <laughs> And that's not, I don't, I don't mean that literally like they're better, but you know what I mean? Like some books just speak to you more. And every time I think I have a book that I really, 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 really love. And I do, I love, I, I really do love so many books. It's funny, but like, I'll get a new one that I'm like, man, I forgot how good that book was. I haven't read it in a while. Like that's so good. And Colossians is one of those books. Like, it's just, it's such a cool book. Anyway, like, I just love what it says. So I'm, I'm going through it. I'm reading. And I didn't get very far. Um, I got to verse 28 of chapter one. Yeah, right. Some deep dive here into Colossians. Um, and I'm just reading it. And obviously this is, this is Paul writing to Colossia or, or what is it? Is it Colossia? Colossia? Church of Colossians? What is it? Uh, whatever. The Colossian church. Colossae. Colosse, Colosse, whatever, dude, insert the name you want to call it, but the Colossians, the church of Colossia, um, Colosse, whatever. Um, and obviously he's talking to them about, you know, making sure like the whole, the whole synopsis of Colossians is, is knowing what they were taught, the, the gospel that they were taught. But verse 28 said something so crazy. I never really thought about it before, but it says, we proclaim him warning and instructing everyone in all wisdom that is with comprehensive insight into the word and purpose of God so that we may present every person complete in Christ. Okay. And mine says in the parentheses, the brackets, mature, like complete in Christ means mature, fully trained and uh, perfect in him, the anointed. Again, everyone knows I read out of the amplified. So there's a lot more exposition in my words. So if you're just re- 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 say that without the exposition of mine. It says, we proclaim him warning and instructing everyone in all wisdom 
so that we may present every person complete in Christ. And that phrase doesn't ring, has never really struck me until today, for some reason, when I noticed that it said the word warning first. And for some reason, that just made me pause. Like, we proclaim him warning and instructing. Like, he said warning first. And I was like, it started to make me think about why would you say that first? Like, like telling people about the gospel is, you know, what we always hear about like, like, Hey, share the gospel, share the gospel. And that's, that's I, I think that's a thousand percent true. Um, like the gospel is the, is it, it's the business, but it's crazy how he said warning and instructing, warning and instructing. And it made me think about what you kind of saw from all the prophets in the old Testament. All of them came with warnings. You know, go back to um, Noah. Noah's building an ark. That's a warning that there's going to be a flood. You know, like, like there's all these warnings, warnings, warnings. Everyone came up. Like, what was the message of Jesus? Repentance. Repentance. Turn your heart towards the Father. But it was a message of repentance first. And knowing that you're living in sin, knowing that your, your destination is hell, like knowing that. Like not, let me rephrase that, not knowing that, I guess, not knowing that or not believing that is the plague of our, of every generation. People don't believe that there is a heaven and then there is a hell and that, that actions have consequences and that we've been given very specific instructions on what it takes to not be there, to not go to hell, to not be separated from, from the love of God. Like, well, not separated, but not uh, his presence. So I don't, I think about hell. Um, I used to. <laughs> I don't think about it all the time. <laughs> Another uplifting podcast presented by What's Up Church. Um, here we go. Uh, no, like I, I used to think about, I heard someone say it is the absence of God's grace. Like hell is, <clears throat> you are no longer under God's grace. And I, I thought that was a very interesting like way to think about it. Because, you know, obviously hell was not designed for us. Hell was designed for the angels, the fallen angels, the demons. And so we weren't built to go there. But also at the same time, I think we had to have been because intellectually speaking, <clears throat> God knew the beginning from the end. So when he created hell, he knew he'd be using it as also the overflow room <laughs> for all his human creations that chose not him. And so I thought that was like, you know, so I'm like, all right, so what is hell? Is it not in the, is it removing yourself from the presence of God? Is it removing yourself from the grace? Either way, it's torment. Either way. I mean, there's no, I, I, I don't see I, I don't think our brains can fathom the torment that is hell for eternity. And our brains can't fathom eternity. Like I don't have the mental capacity and I don't think anyone does to understand eternity forever. That is not, our brains can't just compute it. Like we can't get past certain numbers. They're just so big that they make no sense. And eternity is bigger than any, you know what I mean? Like it's eternity. And so like just, it makes it, when you start thinking about it, it makes this life so minute. 
yet so important. Like you want to talk about bang for your buck. Like this life is your one shot for eternity. You know, it, it's it. You, you don't get around duh, right? If you're a Hot Shots Part duh fan. <laughs> what a random movie reference. Um, you know, uh, the Mighty Ducks Part duh. Um, you, you, should, you know, like, like we don't get another shot at this. Like this is the one shot we get for eternity. And I think that's why you see Paul warning. That's why you see the prophets warning. That's why you see Jesus warning, repentance, correct this. Like, like you guys don't understand. You're not, you don't understand what the, what the stakes are. You, you just don't. Cause if you did, if you did, would you still be, eh, you know what I mean? Would you still be doing all the things? Would you deny Christ? Would you deny God? Would you live the life the way you want to? If you truly thought about the eternal versus the temporal versus the, I don't know, temporal is the right word, sorry, but like the, the immediate, the, the right now, this life. I mean, like, isn't that crazy? So I, I read that scripture and it's like, we proclaim him warning and instructing everyone in all wisdom. That is with comprehensive insight into the word and purpose of God so that we may present every person complete in Christ, mature, fully trained, and perfect in him, the anointed. Like, like basically removing any excuse as to say why you're not. Like that was Paul's toil. Like I'm going to give you all of it. I'm going to download every ounce of data to you guys, every information, every caveat, all of it. So I fulfilled my duty and now it's on you. And hopefully you receive this and understand it and heed the warning and receive the instruction. Because it seems like they went, he went with a warning and then the instruction when it came to the, the church in Colossia or, you know, in general. So that's what I, I look at that. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. Cause you know, we, we, today we think people that are out there like the doomsdayers that da, 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 are like these, these fringe. Oh, why do you do it that way? It's like, no, no, I mean, they're kind of following in the prophet's footsteps of like warning. Like, what are you doing? Like hell is real. Satan's real. Your eternal soul's location depends upon what you do today. The decisions you make, like that needs to be understood. Now, granted, I agree that, you know, like I, 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 the message of the gospel, the grace, the redemption, all that is, I think, amazing and beautiful and, and brings you in. But, but let's not forget the warning. Let's not forget what Paul's saying. Like the warning, we proclaim him warning and instructing. We, we can't have one without the other. It can't be just the message of grace because then you lead into that, I can do whatever I want. <clears throat> you know, and you can't have the message of fire and brimstone because then it's like, well, where's the, where's the love at? Where, where is the relationship with the father, the relationship with Jesus? Because that's going to keep me there. You know, um, a warning <laughs> about where my, will only, you know, will scare you into And that's why I love where Paul says warning and instructing, warning and instructing. Like, Hey, here's a warning. Here's a big red flag. 
These are big markers about what's going to happen if you don't. However, here's the instruction on why you should. Here's the beauty of what Jesus is, what he did. Like, If you go like to chapter two, verse two, it says, for my hope is that their hearts may be encouraged as they are knit together in unselfish love, that they may, um, that they may have all the riches that come from f- the full assurance of understanding the joy of salvation, resulting in a true and more intimate knowledge of the mystery of God that is Christ. And I, lo- I, I circled, I highlighted that entire passage, but I, I, I circled the riches, all the riches that come from the full assurance of understanding the joy of salvation. Like what? Like, again, coming from a word of faith place, like you hear riches and prosperity, and that's really what the intent is. Granted, I get it. Some people take it out of context and talk about wealth <clears throat> as the focal point for some reason, but really it's the riches. May have all the riches that come from the full assurance of understanding the joy of salvation resulting in a true and more intimate knowledge in the mystery of God, that is Christ. Like, and if you go into chapter two, like it's, we are uh, the whole, like it goes into such great stuff. Like Paul was just in the zone, him and Timothy, Timoteo were crushing this, this, this book. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it made me think about that idea of warning. And it, and it really is to correct um Hold on, I had it in my uh, my little Bible with the blue letter. Um, admonish, warn, exhort. And they use this phrase repeatedly. Like, you know, Paul uses it all the time. He uses it in Acts, Romans, Colossians, obviously we're there, Corinthians, uh, Thessalonians, all the time. Like, you do not, like, 2 Thessalonians 3, 15. Yet do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. You know, when we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. Like, so this word is a constant of reprimand, correction, firm course correction. And that's a, that's a, just, I don't know, it's a crazy idea. You know, we, we, we talk about being pruned. You know, I, we talked about last time um, in the, the John 15 chapter about, you know, the, the, the father will prune the branches so they will produce more fruit. Um, and I think there is amazing part of being pruned. There's an amazing part when you're just being worked on by the Lord because nothing bad can come from that. <laughs> like nothing bad is on your way. It might be tough, but that's the whole point of it. It's to strengthen that faith. It's to make you stronger, make your deeps grow deep, your roots grow deeper so you can withstand the storm that's coming. And so there's this beautiful relationship when you are in that season of all right, I need to go deeper. All right, I need to try. All right, Lord, there's there's more there that I'm I'm not going after. And that's kind of the season I think I'm in right now in a lot of ways. Like it's really making me course correct and like reevaluate. Like, all right, why am I going after God? You know, and being honest about that of saying, all right, am I going after the Lord because of what he can do for me or because of who he is? And sometimes I have to really like, you know, Again, like I've talked about so many times, like I get very performance based, I get very achievement based, I get very goal oriented. It's just how my mind works. I like to check boxes of success, <laughs> whether it's success or not is you know uh, yet to be determined. But I, I, you know, I like to start projects and complete them. I like to to uh, get an idea about something and see it come to fruition. I, I really do like that. You know, I like learning new things. And so I have that drive 
but that can also be a disastrous drive. That same drive and intensity can lead me into massive YouTube binges. That same drive and intensity can lead me into depression or distance when I'm not getting those things. That same desire to have achievement when they're not there can make me go into things that make me feel good. You know, historically, that's been my flesh. That's been the, the substances of the world. That's been the, the distractions of the world, you know, like gambling, you know, substances, TV, you know, insert whatever you want to do it. And I, I think for me personally, that's how they manifest when I'm not getting the spiritual juice I need. I look for the juice elsewhere. And that's so silly to say, like, it's so dumb to say that, but that's, I, I mean, if I'm being honest and why well, am I going to lie at this point in time, that is really what it boils down to. And so I think that when it, when you're, when you're, when I'm looking at that juxtaposed to like the warning and instruction that Paul's giving the church of Col, you know, in the Colossians, I don't know how to say it. The Colossia, I don't know. Colossi, whatever. I don't know why I keep trying to pronounce that. I haven't got it yet. We're 15 minutes in and clearly I don't know how to say it. Stop trying, Daniel. Um, Colossae. <laughs> um, I, I think there's, that's where I get, like, it's not a frustration, but it's like a, like, what am I doing? You know, where are my priorities at? Focusing on the now as if it, the, the, the superficial now, the fleshly now, and not comparing that to the eternal, not comparing that to what really matters is baffling sometimes, you know? And I, I think the warning of what life will be without Christ, like, you know what I mean? It's so ridiculous to not heed that. And it goes, what I know what I love about it, it actually talks about in, um, chapter two, verse four, it says, I, um, I'm sorry, if you continue with, sorry, I really scattered brain. So I apologize for the listeners trying to keep up with this rambling, but here it goes. Um, so chapter two, Colossians chapter two, verse two, my hope is that that one with all the riches that come from the full assurance and understanding the joy of salvation resulting in a true and more intimate knowledge of the mystery of God, that is Christ comma. Sorry, I didn't want to continue in whom in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge regarding the word and purpose of God. Holy Toledos. In whom are hidden all the treasures. Again, the riches, the treasures. Like that is, that is prosperity. That is, that is the joy. Like, like what's worth more than all the silver and gold? Wisdom. Wisdom. So in Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge regarding the word and purpose of God, like everything we need to know about God, his word and his purpose are in Christ. What? You know what I mean? Like what a statement. What a statement in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. Regarding the word and purpose of God, like what better prosperity in life is there than that, than to know and to be aware of and to be intimate with and to be walking in the purposes of God, the wisdom and knowledge of God. Oh my gosh, there's no better place. And this, I love it. Chapter, uh, verse four. 
I say this that no one will deceive you with pervasive, uh, persuasive, but thoroughly deceptive arguments. And on mine says, but thoroughly deceptive in parentheses arguments and actually jumps down to, to verse eight when it says, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, pseudo intellectual babble, according to the tradition and musings of mere men following the elementary principles of this world rather than following the truth, the teaching of Christ. Can there not be a better scripture for what's going on in our world right now? We're like pseudo intellectuals going out and saying what they believe. Men can be women. Women can be men. Three-year-olds know better than adults as to what they're, <clears throat> what they were born. You know what I mean? Like the, the world we're living in right now, men competing in women's sports is legitimately fair because they said they're a woman yesterday. So it counts. Like we ignore science, we ignore everything because pseudo intellectuals tell us. And then we get confronted with like the, 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 like, you know, the musings of mere men. And this is what we're talking about. The musings of the mere society, our culture, following the elementary principles of this world, like the base lowest principle. Like they're not even, it, that's where our world's at. And so he talks about this, like in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge regarding the word and purpose of God. And he wants you to have this, all that richness, so that you will not be deceived by persuasive, but thoroughly deceptive arguments. And that's the world we live in. I saw a clip from, uh, I don't know why I saw it. I forget what I, why I saw it, but it was Ricky Gervais on, who's that one dude, the late night show? He used to be on Jon Stewart, and now he's just awful. I forget. The dude with the weird ear. Anyway, you guys know what I'm talking about, maybe. I don't know. The guy is like all about the vaccines and everything else. Uh, late night talk show, dude. <clears throat> Not John Stewart. What is his name? The guy that took over for John Stewart. Anyway, um, he had Ricky Gervais on his show. And Ricky Gervais was, he, and he asked, because he's a Catholic. The, the host of the show is a Catholic, which is very weird because he's very pro-choice. Very, very, very much on that team. So it's weird how he squares that circle with his faith. Anyway, he had the gall to ask Ricky Gervais about why he doesn't have faith. And I thought that was such an, you know, not to call him out. I mean, not, I mean, I kind of am, but it's like, when you don't live your life according to the faith that you espouse, why would you expect anyone else to be attracted to it? When, when you don't look different in the world, then what's the value of being on your team? You know, like if you look just like the world, then why does the world want to give up all the things they're doing to be with you? When there's no, there's no, there's not even a perception of value. You don't even look different. It's not even like you're like offering something unique. You're saying, Hey, believe something I believe, but don't change anything. And you know, I mean, that was kind of almost the presentation. Like, why don't you believe in God? But it's like, dude, you don't live, you live your life, unfortunately, not providing a witness. So why, what's the draw? What's the value? Anyway, um, and it, it, we've all been there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not criticizing him like from a place of I've never done it. Like I've done it myself, but that was the, what we have to understand. Like if I don't look different, if you don't look different, if they don't see Christ in us, then where's the value? Like, what's the point? Why, why would I give up all the stuff that I'm doing and to believe in something that doesn't even change you? Like it doesn't even make you look different or act different. Like, well then, then, then I'm fine where I'm at. And that, I think that's what the world sees a lot. Anyway, in this example, Ricky Gervais I said, there's like 3000 gods that we know of. And he's like, I believe in, I don't, you don't believe in 2,999. I don't believe in one more than you. 
And so that was his, his argument. You don't believe in 2,999 gods. You believe in one. I believe in one less God than you. And that would be pseudo-intellectualism. That would be snarky, smug intellectualism. Smug sarcasm of like, well, you don't believe in all that. I just don't, you know what I mean? That's not an argument against Jesus. That's, an, that's not an argument. It's, it's a false argument. It's not an argument at all. It's just saying, I don't believe in, in deities. It's not saying, you know, but using it as a clever tactic to get, you know, someone to be like, oh yeah, I guess, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's pseudo intellectualism. That's, that's someone using, again, it's a bad argument. If you understand arguing and, and debate and everything else, it's not, it's not effective, but it is effective on a cultural level because people are like, oh my gosh, Ricky Gervais is so wise. He just said, you're right. There are 3000 gods and, and they don't believe in all those other ones. What's the difference between all the other ones and this one? It all becomes a false comparison. And it's like that thought process plagues today, plagues today, you know? And I, I go back to what Paul says. We proclaim him warning and instructing. It's like, we don't warn. I don't know. I don't think we don't, we don't warn. There has to be that balance of warning, like, 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 Hey, consequences and benefits, you know, pros and cons. (laughs) The cons are amazing. The, I mean, the cons are, are horrific. The pros are amazing, but none of that matters if they can't see it in you. Like none of it matters if they can't see Christ in you. If the Holy Spirit isn't in you and isn't operating through you, it doesn't matter. You can have the best argument. You can have all the things in the world, but they, until someone sees something real and significant and, and changing, like principle changing, not just like, oh my gosh, you know, you're a nice person or blah, blah, blah. They have like, the Lord can do whatever he wants to do. And the Lord will work in the ways he wants to work. Absolutely. But, but if you're trying to have a a conversation with someone about the, like warning against hell, but also talking about the salvation and the freedom that comes with it, that comes with knowing God, that comes with the riches and all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge that has to come from a place of authority. That has to come from a place of experience. That has to come from a place of you're walking in that. It doesn't mean you're not struggling. It doesn't mean you don't have ups and downs, ups and flows. Lord knows, you know, I'm living proof of all those things. Like we all, we all have our, our, our good days and bad days. However, none of that should stifle the Holy Spirit in our lives. None of that should, should block out his light inside of us. And so it becomes a real, it becomes a real burden of, not burden, that's not the right word, but an understanding of, I want to give people an accurate, like when I talk to people about what's going on, every prophet from Genesis through <laughs> through the entire book, through Revelation, came with a warning. God was warning us constantly, warning the people of Israel, warning the, you know, the, the early, the early people in Genesis before the church, you know, warning the church. Paul was warning. Everyone was warning. Repent. John the Baptist, repent. Everyone was repent. Everyone came with a warning. Jesus's entire ministry was a repentance ministry. Obviously it was love and healing and, and, and all those things, but that came with repentance. 
He came to break down religion. He came to get people right with God. Like, don't worry about these rules. Worry about your heart. You know, this is the stuff that matters. And I'm telling you because I am the wisdom and knowledge regarding the word and purpose of God. Like, oh my gosh, that's still that statement. Like in Christ is all of it, is all of it. Every word, every word of knowledge, wisdom, purpose of God. You know, and we, we, we complicate it. I complicate it a ton. Like it's gotta be, it's gotta be more layers than that. Where's the, where's the other fine print? There's gotta be something there, but no, it's that simple. And just getting into that and leaning into that and truly being like, okay, this is the meat and taters. You know, this is the good stuff right here. Um, potatoes sound delicious right now. I've been on a <laughs> weird segue. I've been on a, a juice cleanse um, because, you know, those, those are fun to do. Um, this one actually was pretty good. Uh, it was a three-day juice cleanse. And then now I'm on a three-day, um, uh, what would you call it? Um, like a latte style cleanse, like a, like a little micro protein shake type situation, but they're called latte cleanses. And they have some good herbs and vitamins and all the other stuff in it. Anyway, not bad, not bad. Down, down almost 10, you know, so can't complain too much. Sad to have that much to lose, but true. Still more to go. Anyway, um, so taters just sounded nice, like some sweet old carbs, straight up fried carbs. That's the flesh reaching up out of the grave, trying to get a hold. Not today, Satan. Um, no, I, I, the warning of what it's, when I think about the warning, when we think about what is the, uh, what is the alternative to being in Christ? It's horrific. And it's that mentality that drove Paul to, to, to tell everyone. It's like, you got to know about this. You need, like, I, you don't understand what, what I know. And I have to share it because what's coming your way is so awful and permanent. Like that's the thing. We, it's so permanent. It's not just a matter of, oh, by the way, you're going to have a bad few years or, oh, hey, it's going to be a minute. But, you know, eventually it's like, no, no, no. There is a permanent separation, whether from his presence, his grace, what have you. Forever. Like, oh, my Lord. I mean, talk about warning and instructing. Here's the problem. Here's the solution. Problem, hell, Satan. No longer under God's grace, presence, what have you. Solution, Christ. And not just a solution, the most amazing experience you can possibly have, you know? All the wisdom and knowledge for the word and purpose of God is right here for you. But we, as a people, as a culture, as a nation, we love pseudo-intellectuals. We love people that tickle our ears. We love people that sound clever and snarky and whatever. And they just thumb their nose at, thumb their nose? That thumb their finger? I don't know. Bite their thumb? Whatever. What's that move in Romeo and Juliet? Bite their thumb. Yes. When the Capulets, the Montagues in that original, original sword fight scene. When they're like, oh, do you bite your thumb at me, sir? No, but I do bite my thumb. <laughs> ah, I hope you guys are Shakespeare enthusiasts the way I am right there to recall that little quote. Do you bite your thumb at me, sir? No, sir, but I do bite my thumb. Um, 
sorry, that was a little random segue there. Um, no, so I, I, I just, I mean, it, it, the burden of that is what Paul went through. And he even says it in, in 129, it says, for this, I labor often to the point of exhaustion, striving with his power and energy, which so greatly works within me. Like that was his, like, like just Lord, we got to tell them. We have to warn them. We have to warn them. We have to instruct them. And there, that's why I, I love my father-in-law. Like he has that evangelistic heart. Like he, he walks that walk. My uncle, my tío, um, sorry, that spiked real loud in the microphone. <laughs> sorry, uncle. Um, he has that walk, you know, and I know some people that just have that. Some people out here that are, I'm, I'm friends with at our church out here that have that just evangelical desire burden. It is on their heart. And it's so cool. It's so cool. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, Lord, like, I, like, I, you know, what do I do about that? But re- reading this, you're like, we proclaim him warning and instructing everyone in all wisdom. Well, I mean, okay, Paul, there you go. You know, that's warning and instructing, giving them the, the, the truth of it, truth and love. Like, this is the reality that's coming your way. Whether you believe me or not is irrelevant, you know, like I, I, but I hope you see him in me. The thing I can do is make sure that he's alive and well in me. And, and like, like Paul said, his power and energy working through me, his strength, his power, his conviction, all that going through me. Cause it can't be me. Obviously me without, you know, the Holy spirit is nothing. So, but I have to make sure his fire is burning bright. That there is so much on the altar in my heart that's being sacrificed that lights that fire so that that can be seen. Because words are words, man. But if someone, you know, so they can't deny the gospel that lives inside of you. They can't deny the gospel that lives inside of us. That is, that's the, that's the, that's the heart of it. Words are words. Actions are actions. And I'm going to say like my next podcast, I want to talk about miracles. But like, this is just what it's about. Like that, that eternal perspective and like knowing that and knowing what the, what the options are. It's not a multiple choice. It's A or B. It's, it's a, it's a drop fail. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so yeah, just reading Colossians and that, that warning, man, do we, do I do that enough? Do I think about that enough? Do I put that in proper perspective when I, when I, when I talk to people or think about salvation or, or how to even broach conversations with people? I don't know, but that's what Paul did. Warning and instructing everyone. He didn't care. He didn't care about his perceptions, clearly. Um, and I, I, I think I worry about mine too often. And so I'm working on that. But all right, dude, everybody, this is where we're at. Again, another positive, uplifting, you know, make you feel great about life. Classic What's Up Church podcast. Um, I hope you guys have a great day. Enjoy this. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. You have been listening to What's Up Church Podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't. <laughs>